the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Let Us Reason, a Christian-Muslim dialogue with host Al Fadi. Let Us Reason is a unique show utilizing theology, apologetics, and evangelism to reach Muslims for Christ by comparing and contrasting Christian and Muslim doctrines. And now, your host, Al Fadi. Well, greeting everyone. Hope you're having a fabulous Saturday. Um, I am, uh, it's just so exciting here, by the way. We are so blessed. It's raining, and it's been pouring down. And I don't know, you're probably hearing right now uh, some of that in the background as I am recording for you. But, uh, hey, um, nothing will stop us from doing the show because we love you, and uh, we just want to be a blessing to you and your ministry just as you are a huge blessing to us. And we're so thankful for the rain and uh, the refreshment that uh, this will bring into our land and, of course, into our hearts. With that said, as you are listening to this podcast today, it is December 21st, which means within a few days we all are going to celebrate Christmas. And what an amazing season that is. It's really hard to believe that it's been a year already since the last time I did a show uh, in celebration of Christmas. But... uh, Christmas is also special, of course, not just for me, but for everyone. But when it comes to my own personal journey to Christ, Christmas has a very, very deep meaning. And the reason why I say this is that many of you already know about my uh, testimony, but uh, I, I always hear from people even who heard my testimony telling me that they never knew this or they never knew that. In other words, there are some details that either they overlooked when they were listening to my testimony, or uh, they're, uh, now they're hearing it, uh, you know, after uh, a while and realizing that there are more details that, uh, you know, are shared. So I'm going to interject Christmas into my journey. You know, I was born and raised in Saudi, as many of you know. Uh, born a Muslim, lived a Muslim for most of my life. And... When it came to Christ, my understanding of him was that he is only a human being, a prophet that was curated at his birth. In other words, he is not pre-existent. He is not God incarnate. He is not divine. He is not called the Son of God, although the Quran, the book that I believed in, did acknowledge that his birth was unique. The Quran acknowledges the virgin birth, for instance. You'll find this in multiple areas. You'll find it, for instance, in chapter 3 of the Quran. You'll find it in chapter 4 of the Quran, specifically verse 171. You'll find it also in chapter 19, starting from verse 19, and so on and so forth. So, um, uh, actually, earlier than verse 19, I would say starting from verse 16 in chapter 19, 
um, at least the uh, angelic announcement that came to Mary. All that to say, regardless of all of these powerful, powerful uh, testimonies about Jesus and his uniqueness, never that it occurred to me that his birth was that significant in any way, shape, or form. I say this because as any Muslim, we are basically um, groomed and uh, taught to believe that the greatest prophet, when we compare uh, you know, all prophets together, including Jesus, the greatest prophet that we have to focus on ourselves as Muslims is the prophet of Islam. He is the final prophet, the final messenger, is the seal of the prophets, and he is the one that brought the final message, that's the Quran, and even including his teachings, the Hadith, and he is also the one that came to share the final religion with mankind known as the religion of Islam or submission. And therefore, from that perspective, regardless of the uniqueness of Christ in Islam and in the Quran, never that I or any other Muslim that I came in touch with, at least uh, growing up, ever expressed any uh, desire to explore the uniqueness of this virgin birth, or even the meaning behind it. Come to find out, of course, years later when I came to the States to pursue my graduate degree in engineering, that I got connected with born-again couple, and God used that couple to plant the first seed of salvation when we engaged in a lovely and wonderful and friendly just dialogue about my faith, their belief in Christ, and I began to hear things about uh, what does it look like for someone to follow Jesus. And later, of course, the term born again was brought up a couple of times, which was, uh, uh, full, full disclosure, was confusing to me. I just thought maybe that's how Christians talk about uh, their own, uh, basically, religion, because Islam doesn't teach the second birth for anyone, meaning to be born again. The fact that you could be, uh, uh, you know, living uh, a life thinking that you are a Christian until you truly believe in Christ and you become saved, and that's what the second birth is all about. So, when I began to hear things like this, and years later, I ended up meeting also with other born-again believers, including a second couple, God used all of these encounters, specifically from the first family, born-again family, and the second born-again family, to share with me about the uniqueness, the importance, and the powerful significance of Jesus' birth, life, crucifixion, death, burial, and resurrection. Now, believe it or not, as I mentioned earlier, I apologize, there's a lot of water here. Yeah, I forgot to say I'm, I'm driving. Of course, you know this by now, that many times I do record while I'm driving. I call it my mobile studio. Nevertheless, as I mentioned, the Quran actually teaches in a variety of ways about the uniqueness of Christ. I mean, as I mentioned, the Quran does mention that the God of Islam... In some instance, he himself made the announcement called the glad tiding, the good news of the birth of Christ to Mary. And she, in the Quran, in the dialogue with his angel, the angel in one time and angels in the other, and the angel is perceived, at least according to the Islamic tradition, to be the angel Gabriel. 
which kind of coincide with what the Bible teaches, especially in the narrative listed in the Gospel of Luke. Regardless of that, that uh, Mary was, of course, surprised by this. Uh, she was concerned that uh, her reputation might be damaged. Uh, but uh, then the angel assured her that this is easy for God to do, and that was his will. And uh, in another passage in chapter 4, verse 171, uh, Jesus was proclaimed to be the Word of God that is proceeding from God, casted into Mary's womb, if you wish, and will be born as Christ the Messiah or the Messiah Jesus, son of Mary, basically. So uh, we already encounter that his birth was extremely powerful in the Quran. Why? Because even the prophet of Islam and his birth were never mentioned in the Quran, actually. So the fact that the Quran invested more than one time, in more than one time, in more than one chapter, and in more than one narrative and location to discuss the birth of Christ shows the significance of Jesus in the Quran itself. Now, I'm not using the Quran to lobby for Christ. We already have the Bible by that time, and we have the Gospel accounts. But I'm just showing you the significance of Christ in the Quran. And not only his birth and the birth announcement was powerful, in the birth announcement, Mary also received, according to the Quran, the news that the one who will be born out of her will be sinless. And in fact, the Quran also maintained the fact that Jesus remained sinless, and other outside the Quran Islamic traditions, like the Hadith, also maintained that Jesus was sinless all the way until Judgment Day. So we know that the Quran endorses the sinlessness of Christ. Now, regardless of the fact that one might argue that Mary also is at least uh, described in the Quran uh, as if she was also sinless, which is, you know, not directly, but that's the perception, I should say. Nevertheless, beside the, uh, the uh, sinlessness of Christ, Christ also, according to the Quran, was announced to be the sign for mankind when, when he comes back, he is going to come back as the sign of the hour, of the end times and will be the judge as well for end times. So those kind of things are extremely powerful when you explore them and you begin to examine the status of Jesus. Not only that, but also the Quran acknowledges that when Jesus was raised into heaven. Now the Quran, by the way, contradicts itself. In one instance it says that Jesus wasn't crucified. In another instance it says that the God of Islam caused him to die first, and then he raised him up, however that might play out. All that to say that the, the Quran acknowledges that Jesus is near Allah, near the God of Islam. What does that mean? That's extremely significant from an Islamic point of view, because Allah is perceived to be above the heavens. He is seated on his throne, and therefore Jesus is the only, if I'm going to use the Islamic uh, terminology, the only prophet that remains alive today and also is in heaven and above the heavens and near the throne of God. Not even the prophet of Islam was bestowed this honor. So you can see why Jesus has been extremely important, even if you start looking at his status in the Quran itself.
Okay, well, beside this, um, you know, the birth of Christ, of course, when I began to understand its significance, it touched my heart, and I began to realize that Jesus' birth, according to the Scripture, was a fulfillment of all Testament prophecies. For instance, you go to Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, where it talk about, and the virgin will be found with a child, and she will call him Emmanuel. In uh, the Gospel of Matthew, this prophecy was fulfilled, and a further elaboration was given to us by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of Matthew, when it stated that Emmanuel means God is with us. That is extremely important. That is equivalent to saying that it's God incarnate. Equivalent to saying, and the Word became God, uh, became flesh and dwelt among us. So, uh, the Word who is God, okay, according to John, the Gospel of John, uh, became flesh and dwelt among us. And it's kind of interesting, uh, the Word itself, if you look at it linguistically, uh, uh, you can perceive it to be feminine, but yet the verb that was used is masculine, and the description of the one who's bo uh, born is a masculine prescription. Even the Quran does the same thing, meaning that the one who's born is a man who is the Word of God who became incarnate. Okay, well, since I began to realize the significance of that, uh, another passage in Isaiah also was more powerful. Um, Isaiah 9, 6. A child is, uh, I mean, uh, a, uh, a child is born, a son is given to us. Notice the language here. The child is born, that's when Jesus was born. But who is that child? He's the son who pre-existed before the birth that was given to us. For what? To die for us, to save us, to be our model, to follow him and become the righteousness in God of God in Christ, and so on and so forth. So, you can see already how the Old Testament have already planted the seeds for this coming Messiah, uh, the Divine One, who is uh, not just any Christ, but He is the Christ. On top of this, you go to Micah, and in Micah chapter 5, verses 1 and 2, it talks about also the fact that His birth was going to happen in a specific location, Bethlehem Ephrathah. And Jesus, of course, due to the census, in Luke, for instance, his family was forced to go to Bethlehem and give birth over there. So that is also significance. And on top of this, of course, Jesus numerous times mentioned that he came from above. He came from heaven. He came, and he talks about the Father. So obviously his dwelling place was not on earth originally, but rather... He came from the realm of heaven where he existed with the Father for all of eternity. In the beginning, the Word. And the Word um, is with God and the Word is God. Or the Word was with God and the, and the Word was God. Uh, so, nevertheless, you can begin to see now as I was seeking and then later when I got saved, that those kind of passages in the Bible were extremely powerful and significant, indicating to us that the birth of Christ, as the Gospel of Luke puts it, as the angels appearing to the shepherds puts it, that it is good news for mankind. Glory in the highest and peace for man on earth, 
And indeed, he is the Prince of Peace. Indeed, he is the one that gives us that eternal peace. He himself, in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 11, verses uh, uh, 28 to 30, stating that, Come unto me, all you who are heavy laden and uh, uh, burdened and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, from I am humble, for I am meek, right? And uh, you will get rest for your souls. He is talking about not just rest um, in terms of being tired, but it's eternal rest, internal rest, spiritual rest, rest caused by the removal of our sin. That's how Jesus was also described by John the Baptist. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John chapter 1, verse 29. So you can see why the birth of Christ today, for me, as someone who left Islam, risked everything that I had for the sake of attaining this eternal salvation through my Lord, who came all the way down from heaven to rescue me, because no one, None is righteous. No, not one. No one, basically, in the eye of God. We all have sinned until short of the glory of God. Man is sinner because sin entered the, entered the world through one man, and so did death. And as a result of this, Jesus came to give me that eternal life. In John chapter 5, verses 21 to 24, he says that if anyone believes in him has passed from death, to life, he who hears his voice and believes in the one who sent him, has passed from death to life. That is extremely significant, folks. That is why the birth of Christ and the celebration of Christmas for us as believers, as born-again believers, has even more deeper meaning than anyone can ever imagine. This is the Savior who came to save humanity. Mankind, and believe it or not, his death will atone for those who believe in him. It's sufficient to atone for all of humanity, but you must believe. Because we are basically saved, not by works, but saved by grace, by faith, not by work. And it's the work of God. It is the gift of God, basically, that is given to us. So that no man shall boast about their own accomplishment. I used to be uh, someone who boasted all the time about my good deeds, my prayers, my devotion to Islam, my dedication to fulfill all of the Islamic law and requirements, my fasting, my praying, my giving in charity, my going to do pilgrimage and things like that. All of this I used to boast and brag about, but the scripture says my... Good deeds are like, or righteous deeds, are like filthy rags. This is why the birth of Christ is extremely important. Because that means that Jesus came to fulfill the prophecies that basically the prophets and the law of Moses have prophesied about and announced that it will happen at a certain point in history which... The Bible in the New Testament, in Galatians chapter 4, verse 4, it says, In the fullness of time, in the fullness of time, uh, 
Christ basically uh, came, basically he was born under the law, born of a woman, born under the law, and uh, as a result of this, he came basically to give us that title, the adoption, to be the sons of God, and, uh, and to save us and rescue us from our own sins. So, I am so thankful. I am absolutely appreciative of the fact that my Lord loved me so much that he decided to send his only begotten son to die on the cross for me. For God so loved the world that he have sent his only begotten son so that whoever believes in him shall have eternal life. And those who do not believe in him will be condemned or remain condemned because there is condemnation. There is condemnation, or condemnation has been really revealed from heaven against all of humanity, as the Bible teaches. So that's why I'm going to ask anyone who is listening to this podcast right now, who does not know Christ, to seriously and genuinely explore what the Scripture says about the birth of Christ. Explore how the birth of Christ fulfilled all prophecies concerning that. Explore the significance of that and their desperate need for it because we cannot rely on ourselves. We cannot rely on our works. We cannot rely on our so-called perceived righteousness and goodness because nothing is going to save us except the blood of Christ. And Jesus was born and came from heaven for that very purpose, so that he can die and save us from our sins. You can see why this is extremely powerful, extremely significant, and as we all celebrate this season, the good news season, indeed, the glad tidings season, we need to take it very, very seriously, and we need to basically examine our hearts examine our need for peace in terms of the righteousness that we are trying to achieve, that we're trying to attain, and help us recognize, if we're honest with ourselves, that we are unable to stay sinless. We're always tempted. We're always falling into sin. We're always, basically the scripture says, if you have lusted, lusted only against a woman looking at her lusting that's a sin you've already committed sin you've committed adultery in your heart already imagine without doing anything you're already crossing the line as we are fallen people in our nature sin have entered into this world as a result of what was done by our original parents adam and eve by violating the law of god disobeying his commandment in the garden and being removed from his presence, we became dead spiritually and we are in need of revival spiritually. And only Jesus can give us that life. He is the one that can rescue us from that death and move us from death to life. And that's why my hope, my prayer is that this will be the day for you, the day of salvation that you will pray and accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. Pray with me, if you wish, if your heart is there. Say, Father, I surrender to your will. I give my life to Christ. 
I am thankful that you have sent him to be born for the purpose of dying on the cross to save me from my sin, so that because you made him who knew no sin to be sent for us, so that we, I, can become the righteousness in your eyes in him. So if you prayed this prayer, I encourage you to look right away for a church that you can get plugged in, a good church, a Bible church, and read the scripture and get plugged into small groups and Bible study groups and ask questions, reach out to us. We can do this by going to our website, sirainternational.com, or go to our YouTube channel, sirainternational.com, and watch many of our lessons and many of our videos. And that's my heart desire for you to be saved and to be part of our heavenly family. Merry Christmas, everybody, and God bless you all. Sous-titrage